Hey there, buddy. Welcome back to the Loudest Podcast on the internet. Loudest Podcast. Loudest Podcast. I'm Sriracha with your Asterios. Say hi, Asterios. What's up? Not much. How was your week? My week was pretty good. My week was made better knowing that Nathan Masry spent a significant portion of his week mad at us. Yeah, he's pretty mad at me in particular, I guess because I didn't explicitly tell him that we were going to rip on him. So he sends me a DM after our episode goes out. Says, uh, I see you made a podcast. Did not hear it yet. Good for sharing to my followers or dot dot dot. And me trying to be honest as a professional courtesy because he clearly did not was not going to listen to it. I just wanted to throw it up. Say, hey, listen, you probably don't want to share this. (laughs) (laughs) We tried really hard. I understand your theory, but we questioned it a lot. And he says, then ask. I won't share it, hear it. I thought so. You always do that. Of course you have question. Instead, you attack. I guess this approach works for me. You came to me and I said, you're a public figure, man. We're a comedy podcast. What do you want me to say? (laughs) What what the hell did he... Did he forget who we were in like the intervening six months? We have been ripping on you for a long time now, Nathan, because your pizza... Tastes like shit. You keep using the word enter gauging. You keep talking about how young you are. You're weird. And we're going to call you weird on our show. Yeah, and also, you came to me. What the fuck does that mean? I went to BronyCon. <laughs> Doesn't mean I paid my $60 to enter the Brony convention, but I went with the sole purpose of ripping on it. That should be everyone's takeaway from that. He was... On Instagram Live, ranting about how he was being forced to stay indoors. Oh, yeah. For that that dude that uh, messaged me was like, he has to be hacked. No, Nathan put up a 20-minute long, just inane ramble video of him talking about... He is very pissed off about this stay-at-home order. He's very angry. Yes. Yeah, he's very angry that he's being told to shelter in place. There's a a moment in the video where he's like, I can't believe I'm trapped within these four walls. It's like, chill, Nathan. Chill, you goddamn drama king. How about you be thankful that, like, you are healthy right now and not in a bed on a ventilator? Like, this is a fucking... Big deal that's happening here. Or you could, you know, do some... You could take this time and this um, all of this energy you clearly have and do some interior decorating. He sits there and he's like, film me himself. He says, what do you see? Four fucking walls. Just four fucking walls. Uh, we're going to go insane. It's like, then put up a tapestry, asshole. This is not the government's fault. Yes. Like, um, here's my theory. About, because he's not the only person freaking out right now about the quarantine. And like, look, I'm not happy that I have to stay home. And that like, I can't, that we can't go on dates. We can't go to movies. We can't whatever. But I'm also like, it's like, yeah, I guess this is the way it's got to be. I'm not going to lose my chill about it. There are people flipping their shit. I think Nathan is flipping his shit because he's like a rich asshole and this is the first time anyone's ever told him he's not allowed to do what he wants to do 
at all times. That makes perfect sense. This is, you know what I think it is? I think it's hitting a little too close to home from Dubai. Because in Dubai, either the government or the market told him he can't do what he wants. Yes. And now he won't ever talk about the failure that was Garfield Needs Dubai. And now he's here and... He went on a big... A lot of his ramp was Trumpian-based, which I don't get because he's Canadian. He keeps complaining about the, (laughs) quote, orange man, and it's like, that's not even your man! You have the blackface man up there! That's who, like, that's your guy to complain about! Trump isn't telling you to stay inside. The guy who thinks he's a Hindu American is telling you to stay inside. Yeah, he keeps complaining about Trump and like showing Trump's books. And like, I used to be a fan forever. I watched The Apprentice. You know what I learned? The art of manipulating. And you're manipulating. And he, like, Nathan has no idea what's going on. All he knows is that someone is telling him to stay inside and he is not going to take this bullshit from that orange man on TV. <laughs> yeah. He is. Su- it's so weird for me to kind of be a little bit defensive of Trump, but I, it's it's like Nathan. Look, there's a lot you can blame on him. You can't blame Canadian domestic quarantine law is not Donald Trump's fault. Um, again, whatever he is like the fail son who can't fail is Nathan Masry. Like he's been. Like he was, his dad is a rich restaurant franchiser, like restaurateur franchisee. He wants a Garfield Eats in Dubai with a Garfield Happiness Center. He fucking gets it. He wants to open a, another Garfield restaurant in Canada after the Dubai one fails. He gets it. He wants to open a third Garfield Eats restaurant in another part of Canada. He fucking gets it. Now they're telling him like, yeah, you can't go out. You can't go to bars. You just can't go to bars for a little bit. While we try to get a devastating virus that is flooding our emergency rooms under control. And he's like, what do you mean I can't do everything I want to do whenever I want to do it? Don't you know who my father is? And it's like, yes, we know who your father is. Your father is Mr. Sub. Can you please be Mr. Relaxed about this for just one second? (laughs) Hey, Nathan, it's going to be slightly more difficult for you to get a Red Bull and vodka at 1130 at night. Damn Donald Trump! <laughs> yes, yes, exa- exactly. It's so like it is really, really entertaining to watch this guy like b- bouncing across the walls. Like, what the hell is he gonna do with his free time? Make his pizza even worse? Like, th- this guy has unlimited. His whole life is free time. He has no responsibilities. He has no worries. His whole life is is like Hakuna Matata. You ever see that uh, old Catholic phrase? It's something like idle hands. Or the devil's idle. play thing. Yeah. See, Nathan, because I, I, the idea for a Garfield eats would not come from anyone with a job. <laughs> no, of course not. Of course. And, and if someone did have a job, they would have at least figured out how to make a lasagna shaped like Garfield. Or a pizza that is edible. Yeah, a pizza that doesn't taste like 7-Eleven or a gas station pizza. Anyway, Liz... Liz, what's her name? Liz? Watson? Liz? I, I don't know what her last... Well, now it's Arbuckle, I, unless she kept her last name, because they got married in the comics. Oh, they got married in the comics. Well, um, Nathan put up a post on the Garfield Eats about how... It's just a picture of Liz with a hypodermic syringe... And it's Liz Wilson. Liz Wilson. You're I was close. Right. Wow. And I say Watson. I was but close. That's very close. Yeah. I didn't even know she had a last name. Um 
Liz, just thanking Liz for, you know, I'll pull the post up. (laughs) Good shit. Someone, five independent people have sent me (laughs) this post. Okay, you ready? Here we go. Thank you, hashtag Liz. Our hashtag customers, our hashtag staying, hashtag home for you. John wants a date with you, but we told him you are busy seeing only hashtag patients. Hashtag Garfield Eats appreciates our hashtag nurses and hashtag doctors working tirelessly to keep us alive. That is why after economy reopens, Garfield Eats <laughs> introduces permanently the Liz Care Alliance program for all healthcare professionals to be granted such as free Garfuccino. off all food items and even special Garfield and Liz merchandise to remember us for. Our employees will still have medical tools, especially thermometer and other supplies in the restaurant. Hashtag COVID-19. Hashtag care. Hashtag Garfield. Hashtag I stay home for. Liz is a veterinarian, right? Yes, Liz is a veterinarian. (laughs) That's why. That's how. That's why she interacts with Garfield. Garfield doesn't like Liz because Liz stabs Garfield with needles and shit. Garfield doesn't understand. Like, yes, animals can't get the fucking coronavirus. And on top of that, as Nathan explained last week, cartoons are immune. Cartoons are immune. And also, it is not a virus. It is gas. Yeah. (laughs) That's the thing I hate most about all this. How he's just like, on one hand... COVID-19 is a is a gas made by the American government and F- and and ISIS in some sort of like gruesome twosome alliance and this is all a conspiracy and none of us have to stay indoors. On the other hand, oh, we care about our hard work and medical. Oh, we'll give them a discount on our coffee that tastes like garbage. Won't that be great for nurses? You're going to send nurses to the emergency room when they're eating your garbage food for half off. We should dress up like sexy nurses and doctors and go to Garfield Eats and just bankrupt them with this <laughs> insane discount they're running. I'm sure that's what's going to be what bankrupts them. <laughs> that's a good point. That's a really um, good point. Yeah, you're right. It's like that principle, like Taco Bell marketing to stoners and then firing employees that fail a drug test. It's like that times a thousand and then put into a blender <laughs> insanity yeah exactly exactly you can't call it a hoax on one hand and then fucking try to profit off it with the other but it, which which is it here all liz all john wants is a date with liz and garfield eats has been telling him no sit in your corner and masturbate like the cuck you are you're <laughs> Girlfriend wife is out saving the lives of many birds that may or may not carry this disease. Well, Nathan said to you in a DM, I think he said, like, you, you're not letting me share my side of the story. Yeah. Uh-huh. I believe he said that. Nathan, if you want to come on the show, you've been on the show twice now. You know how the show works. If you want to come on the show and explain to us what a crazy person who is cosplaying as a journalist in Afghanistan is telling you about how this is really sarin gas, we will give you time. We will. You know my email. You got my number. You just hit us up. Yeah. You got my email address, too. The last time we communicated, I sent you a picture of Mr. Freeze. Like, just (laughs) get in touch. We'll put you on. But we will also have... 
an actual doctor on the show. You know, the people who you are claiming to support. Do we know an actual doctor? I know. I know doctors. I, I'll, I'll get us a doctor. Okay. I'll get us a doctor. And like, they will debate you and make you cry. And they will make you look bad. I'm just pointing that out. We're not just going to let you on the yeah, air. Yeah, you're not just going to get to talk you're like you gonna did. Talk. You're going to have to talk to somebody who works for a living. A doctor, someone who knows what they're talking about. Come on down, Nathan, and explain to the world your garbage theory. Yeah, pussy. You do fucking it. pussy. Hit me up. If you, you know how to DM me. Do it. I want you to come on this program. We dare you to come on this show with your garbage. We dare you, Nathan. Oh, that would be so good. I hope this somehow makes it to him. Of course it will. Hey, audience, if you're a fan of Garfield Eats and Nathan, make sure somebody clip this. Somebody clip this and make sure it gets to him. Yeah, send this straight to him. All right. Uh, anything else on this or should we go to the next segment? Um, I think I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good about the two. We'll be right back after this. Tell me about the lemon ginger water. I read a really convincing article on Healthline yesterday mm-hmm. about how drinking ginger first thing in the morning or eating ginger, but nobody eats ginger unless they're a fucking serial killer. Mm-hmm. It's like just biting into a lemon. Nobody does it. It's too bitter. Uh, makes your brain new, work better. No shit. So, yeah. So, I mixed it in with the water, but it was too strong. So, I put a bunch of lemons in there, too. And it's pretty good. A 10 out of 10. Would recommend. It's like, this is going to add a new wrinkle to my brain for sure. <laughs> De- well, definitely. Do you think you're getting healthier during this lockdown thing or less healthy? Absolutely fuck not. Less healthy? I would be very interested to hear any kind of argument where you would argue for becoming more healthy by not moving around as much and eating only frozen food. There have got to be people out there who are like doing their whole like indoor workout. Every single... There's so many people on Instagram who are like, follow my home workout routine. You know what I mean? I feel like a lot of people are using this time to shred up indoors. I'd be surprised if any of those people are actually... (laughs) If any of those people actually exist that aren't Grant Mooney. (laughs) Right, exactly. Grant Mooney's doing it. Everybody's challenging each other to do push-ups, too. Everyone's doing these, like, the 10 push-up challenge, and... It doesn't seem that hard to do 10 push-ups. I don't get the challenge so far. I can't do 10 push-ups. Well, you, but you're teeny tiny. You can barely lift your head. Baby owls have to sleep face down because they can't lift their head when they sleep. And you're just like a little baby owl. Is that true? Is that yes, a true I've fact showed, about owls? I showed you a picture of baby owl the other day. Remember when he was sleeping face down in the dirt? And you were like... I could have sworn that owl was dead. I did think the owl was dead. And remember what I told you before I showed you the picture, which was, I'm about to show you it's not what you think. Because <laughs> I was trying to get in there early before we had the dead baby owl conversation. I saw more fucking dead birds on my bird groups today. Really? I'm done with it. I'm done with this fucking horse shit. Uh, somebody posted in Burb. Uh-huh. Are you in Burb? I think so. Burb is like, I think one of the biggest bird groups, but her, her cockatiel died and she just posted a picture of a dead fucking bird on the bird group and it's making me upset. We need to ban these people. They're making me upset. Okay. Now, 
listeners, uh, we've talked about this before. It's already against the rules to post dead birds in the burb group, right? I'm pretty sure it's against, like, Facebook rules to post pictures of dead animals, too. Wait, but... Then when I'm thinking about this post, I'm thinking like, well, it's a picture of her cockatiel when it was alive. She posted a picture of her cockatiel's corpse. It's a dead fucking, when I say dead fucking animal, I mean a dead animal's corpse. Also, don't like those posts about one year anniversary of when I lost Tweety or those also make me upset. We need to just excise these from the internet. There has to be something we can do. Okay, because it's like, look. There's laws, you know, you're not allowed to ride on the shoulder, okay? On the freeway. You're not allowed to, like, ride on the shoulder. But there being a law against it isn't enough. So we installed the rumble strip to, like, turn your car into a giant vibrator, which now kind of has the opposite effect in, like, a lot of, you know, people who like that kind of period sexual pleasure are only riding in the shoulder. They're called shoulderers. <sighs> we need something like this for these dead bird people, like... Maybe we, do we, what's another dead thing we could post to this group as like a wake-up call to these dead birders? Well, my, my mind immediately goes to dead babies. <laughs> yeah, my mind, go, my mind went there right away too. And I was trying to see, what, uh, hmm, could we, we need to name and shame them. What about a rap song called like the No Dead Birds Rap? It's like, my name's Sriracha and I'm here to say, please don't post dead birds in a major way. Like Sally from Idaho, uh, you, you're a bore. You're posting dead birds and I don't like it. Like <laughs> uh, some dead bird rap. What do you think? Dead bird rap. Two thumbs up. Speaking of dead birds, when was the last time we heard from the Mandarin dog? The Mandarin duck, it, I mean, it's winter. It's, it's hibernating. Do birds hibernate? Yeah, they, of course they, they fly south for the winter. They hibernate. Um, we had homing pigeons when I was a kid. We had like a little homing pigeons. You have to build like a nest that's on top of like a 20-foot pole. So we had like this 20-foot pole in our backyard with like a teeny tiny pi- oh, like pigeon house on it. And... Um, we gave them to a family friend who was moving down to Florida, and one of them came back. Oh, shit. One of them flew all the way from Florida to New York to hang out with us again. Then did you keep him? Yeah, well, we're not going to be like, get out of here, homie bitches. You're not wanted here. Get out of here, you dumb, stupid animal. Get get lost. You're not paying rent. You're not paying nothing. It's like no one else was using that 20-foot tall... Uh, birdhouse. I imagine few people would. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Homing pigeons. Is this quarantine when we finally get a cockatiel or Please. a budgie? Can we get a quarantine bird? That's, this is what I'm thinking. The whole, we haven't gotten a bird yet because we're, we're all like, well, we're never home. We're never home. We're on tour. We're never home. We're home all the time now. I don't want a budgie. I do want a cockatiel because budgies are trash birds. <laughs> okay. Budgies are the only birds I've had any real FaceTime with. Although, we were walking down the street yesterday and what did we see? We saw a beautiful Sun Con here just living his life. Like in, in, in a window, in a window of a ground floor apartment, there was a Sun Con here sitting on his little perch just looking outside enjoying the mess that the world has become, but he loves destruction. I can see it in his cute little eyes and big fluffy feathers. He 
This bird was like perfectly framed in the window. It was like something out of a movie. Like we're walking down the street, we turn to our left, and there's like a big, gorgeous, multicolored bird just staring right at us, going like, what's going on outside? Seems like you're all worried about something. Did you walk by there when you went to go get the laundry? No. Damn it. You want to go right now and see if he's there? No, he's not going to be out of training now. Okay, all right. Um... We went on a big... Oh, by the way, welcome to the Loudest Podcast, Loudest Podcast <laughs> on the internet. It's the show where uh, two comedians uh, go on crazy adventures so you don't have to. Yesterday, we went like on a big bird feeding walk because I had it in my head, no one's outside. These birds are not getting fed. They're not getting like discarded pieces of pizza. They're not getting your half a bagel. We got to go feed the birds. And for New York birds, discarded pizza and discarded bagels are their primary diet. Like the food pyramid, the bottom floor is discarded pieces of pizza and the pizza, what, like a pizza rind? Yeah, what pizza would you crust. call that? A pizza crust. <laughs> I like the phrase pizza rind a lot. Pizza I like rind. it a lot. The pizza rind. They eat the pizza rinds. That's their version of where the carbohydrates would be on the food pyramid. Mm-hmm. And then up one is bacon, egg, and cheese bagel that have been tossed into the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fruit and meat tier, I think, would be birdseed or uh, bread. Things intentionally left out for birds. And the top thing is vomit. They l- vomit <laughs> has every nutrient. It's a cornucopia of foods. It's got everything in it. And it's got acid. The acid cleans their beaks. It cleans their feathers because the acid is antibacterial. Nothing gets rid of acid. Yeah, pigeons can have a little acid as a, as a treat. <laughs> as a treat. They can have a little bit of human throb <laughs> as a treat. Yeah, but it's not like we've got fruit trees here in the city that we... That mankind has bent to our will. This land that we have crushed and crushed and ruined, covered in asphalt. The dirt will never see the light of day again. This is Werner Herzog's paradise. Mankind has once again showed his dominance over nature by building a monolith to industry and itself. New York City, where the only survivors are rats with wings. Rats that are slowly starving to death during the quarantine when nature once again fights man for control of Manhattan Island. Werner Herzog. I can't believe you predicted the coronavirus. That's crazy. You He's this been guy predicting write, this shit for a while. This guy should write for The Simpsons. <laughs> yeah, I know. He's been on The Simpsons before. He's been everywhere. Um, but uh, yeah, so we so we bought a loaf of bread. We went around feeding the birds. It was it was really good. We have been trying to keep things romantic. Can we agree to that? Yes, we can. What did we do the other day? Went outside. Uh, uh, what did we do the other day? We went on the roof. And? Took pictures. It was cute. And? What else was there? Bottle of champagne. Champagne. There was. The rosé champagne. We laid out a blanket. Big sandwiches with balsamic vinaigrette. We had uh, Italian cookies. We're hanging out on the roof. I'm drinking Diet Coke. Oh, shit. My sobriety bed is over on the 4th. Oh, shit. 28th. One, two, three, four, five, six. In seven days, I'm allowed to drink and smoke pot again. That's crazy. What are you going to do? I still haven't decided. I definitely, for one night, I want to have a live stream where I 
where I drink a little bit, get a little bit high with people. Maybe, I, I mean, just, just a, little, a little something, something for, t- to make it fun for everybody. What if you mm-hmm. did a game of some kind, like okay. a quiplash, like a big old quiplash stream or something? We could play those party, party games. We could do the t-shirt chop chop thing. And then uh, for super chats, you can make people drink. Okay. I like that idea. Um, is there a is there a Jackbox game that won't allow people to just put the between M and O word on a T shirt? I think that's like eighty percent of their it shares. Seems like ninety like percent of their games is like a way to like use your phone to put a racial slur on a thing. We'll find some Jackbox game that we. Oh, for example, um, there's that murder mystery trivia one. I unironically like that game. I think that's my favorite one. It's like the murder one, the murder mystery trivia one. Mm-hmm. I remember I have this very specific memory of being in college and what we would do when we were in college is we'd get together and we'd find a Twitch streamer who left the game open yes. and the one time I've seen someone flip a tit during Quiplash was we, we got down to the final Quiplash mm-hmm. and my friend uh, Jessica who is who's there who is black the um the Final Quiplash was they gave you a picture and it was like, you have to put something in the speech bubble. And in the, the picture was a balloon, a hot air balloon mm-hmm. of two dudes. And one is looking down and uh, one of them is a black gentleman looking down at the world below. And the other one says, what do you see down there? And then my friend put in the caption, my P.O. N-word turned this shit around. And... <laughs> It got so many points that it made it on the stream, and the streamer yeah! just fucking quit. He rage quit the entire game. It was like, that's it. You all fucking ruined it. <laughs> Shut the thing down. Now, were you watching a stream of a young Asterios Coconuts on Twitter? Because this we sounds like been. me. It was a woman. Okay. But it might have been. Was she hot? Um... I don't remember. Okay, just say yes. The only thing I... Yes. Right. Sure. Describe her. What sure. was she wearing? She was wearing nothing. Oh, my God. That's against TOS. Yeah, she, she should have been taken down either way. Holy moly. All right. Some kind of Jackbox thing. Some kind of Jackbox thing. I like... Or maybe if there's some sort of massively multiplayer online game, like where there can be like 50 of us shooting each other. Age of Empires. That game's not fun to watch, though. It's not. It really isn't. It's fun to play. It's really fun to play. Yeah. It's just like, oh, boy, okay, there's going to be all these people, like, slowly watching us go from the Bronze Age to the Copper Age because we've, we've amassed enough resources. I love that game. I played two games this morning. I'm now beating the extreme mode on the computer. I'm proud of you. And the computer quit pretty early in the game this time. It made me upset. And this is the new... Now, Age of Empires originally came out, what, in, like, 1999 or something? 1998. 1998. There was a 2013 re-release. And then there was also a 2020 re-release. The 2020 Master Edition. Exactly. Now, they have made a new AI called Extreme. It is 22 years of AI tactical research. To be fair, though, the, the even the remastered 2000 theme version, that AI is a little more A than I. <laughs> yeah, it's true. But I'm, I'm just saying... 
You beat you beat a computer algorithm with 22 years of experience today, and you humbled it too. Like it later sent you a DM that was like, "Sorry, I wasted your time. I, it was just kind of fun to play. It was kind of cool to play someone so good at the game." And then I called him a cock, and he deleted himself. Like uh, the whole mm-hmm. civilization. You can fun fact: you can no longer play as the Spartans as Age of Empire. Wait. Oh, right, of course. Because he well, deleted his whole civilization directly from the code. No, no, I get it. But, I mean, that's how good you are at Age of Empires. I'm proud of you. Thank you. I'm proud of me, too. We had a romantic date up on the roof where we took pictures for Sarah's Instagram. What's your Instagram again? It's Sierra Rancho. S-I-E-R-R-A-N-C-H-O. Instagram.com slash Sierra Rancho. Follow me. I'm trying to become a micro-influencer. Just trying to become a micro-influencer. We th- we went for a bird walking date, uh, to feeding birds and stuff. And the other night, we had like a little indoor picnic thing. Yeah, I made steak. You guys want to see my wicked burn? Because I uh, the oh, oil God. flew off the pan. Oh, we have to treat that again today. Yeah, don't look, Asteria. It's going to make you upset. Okay. <laughs> Check out this wicked oh, burn. Oh, God, I don't- had to look for the camera framing. I had to look. Shut your eyes. Check out that. See, this is the section that keeps getting stuck on my... Oh, I had to make sure it was in focus. (laughs) Yeah, it hurts real bad. Yeah, holy shit. Yeah, that looks really fucking bad. Um, But can we agree that it was worth it because that steak you made was amazing? It was real good. It was really fucking good. What Sriracha's recipe for steak is this, and this is not an exaggeration. Steak and an entire stick of butter. Not an entire stick of butter, but a good amount of butter. You used an entire stick of butter. You no, did. I didn't. You did. No, I didn't. Because I was counting. The, because five uh, a tablespoon is five Weight Watchers points. A stick of butter is six tablespoons. You, I had to put in twenty points worth of butter for my steak. Plus, the steak was eight points. That was a twenty-eight point steak. Steak is eight points, even without any. Accoutrements. They really want you to focus on chicken. They're like, they like Weight Watchers has a real hard on for chicken. They're like, chicken is free. Any other meat costs points, and steak costs the most points. Why? Steak has just as, I would bet, more protein. And granted, it's got a little fat on it, but chicken, zero points. My get, if it's grilled, it's zero points. My get, like, the way Weight Watchers points are determined is a mixture of fat, carbs, Overall calories, dietary fiber, sugars. I'm guessing that like it's just got a little more calories and a little more fat. You know, steak does than than chicken does. Chicken's I, leaner. Chicken is being controlled. Weight Watchers being controlled by the chicken lobby. Yo, what if Purdue owns Weight Watchers? Per- That's a good point. Purdue owns Weight Watchers, and they are trying to take away our freedoms <laughs> to eat steaks. The reason, of course, I'm bringing up this hot steak date is. We watched Frozen 2. Yeah, we watched Frozen 2. It was... I don't know. How do you feel about it? I thought it was fun. I kind of liked that it was a lighter movie than the original Frozen. Like, like no one seduces someone else to get control of a kingdom. I think that that villain in Frozen 1 is like one of my favorite Disney villains of all time. Really? Because he's... Yeah, because... He, like, finds some, like, innocent girl, like, fucking plays mind games with her and ends up, like, controlling the kingdom after, like, going to one party. Like, I I feel like, I kind of like that Frozen is telling kids to watch out for douchey guys like that, not 
giant fat sea squids who sing poor unfortunate souls make you sign magic contracts not like voodoo people who like turn you into a frog not uh not ancient wizards who want all your wishes just like hey watch out for these douchebag guys they'll lie to you i think that's kind of cool i don't know i think there's a like a good way to set up a twist villain and then there's like a bad way where it comes absolutely out of nowhere like you know who's a good twist villain uh you ever seen toy story 2 yeah i love toy story stinky pete yeah stinky pete is a good twist villain yes because he starts out the whole movie pushing toward kind of pushing towards this goal and then only at the end does he like have to force woody to stay there i like that i think that's much better set up than out of, out of nowhere hands being like fuck you i'm going to kill your sister it's not completely out of nowhere jordan peterson also made the argument that it was completely out of nowhere like um because early on false he, equivalency but okay early on uh hans or whatever that guy's name is goes like you know you know goes like well i've got seven brothers so it's not like i'll ever be king like, they do set that up really early. Yeah, it's a throwaway line, but it's there. It's definitely a throwaway line. Just saying words is not setting something up. Foreshadowing. That's what foreshadowing is. I just is. don't see the connection between I have 14 brothers and I am literally willing to murder two people. Not just two people. Two adorable people. That's what makes him so bad. He's like squirm some uh, some ditzy redhead in order to uh, usurp the power over here. You know, one ironically would have been a better twist villain for Frozen, the Duke of Weasel Warp, like the guy that's like the comedic guy at the ball, who then immediately does try to murder Elsa. Yeah. <laughs> That's true, but he falls in line right away. Like, look, I may I get the sense that we want different things that are our villains. I I get the sense that you kind of like the the big Broadway belter villain, like Scar. You know, like singing like "Be Prepared." Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, that's fine. But uh, I kind of like how Frozen Two didn't really have a bad guy. The bad guy was just like. Their history and their past. And do you, do you not think that the movie would have been so much better if the bad guy was just their history and their past? Like, you imagine this. She kisses hands, because there's that whole subplot with Kristoff, and the kiss doesn't work because she realized she doesn't love hands mm-hmm. anymore. So then she, like cries over Elsa and kisses Elsa's corpse, but that love is still there because her love, no matter how much bullshit her sister and her family, which, by the way, moving on to Frozen 2 for a hot second, there is no logical reason that they should have positive memories of their family. (laughs) Yeah, that's a a good point. That's a good point right away. Uh, Seeing their dead, seeing their dead parents' uh, frozen corpses isn't fun. You know, they're like, water has memory, traumatic memory. <laughs> let's look, let's look at the let's look at some horrifying memories of your dead parents. Um I thought that the snowman was kind of shitty in Frozen 2. I kind of feel like they I think what Frozen 2 should have had was less snowman. Yeah. Because it's like, look, we already like the snowman. Why don't you use this time to develop the fire gecko character? Because, like, a little snowman would have gone a long way. It's like, we already like him. The snowman's already over. Like, you don't need... By over, I mean, like, the, 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 we already love the snowman. You don't need to, to play that note too hard. Like, one or two jokes from that snowman would have been great. Not, like, 50. 
Yeah, um, the snowman, I didn't like, I, I mean, I don't like the snowman, period, but at least the snowman, the first movie, the snowman had the snowman song, and it was kind of cute, but then this movie, it was, it felt like they were just like, okay, we need another fucking snowman song, so let's just write a song about, I don't know, the the snowman is sentient. I guess Olaf is a child because his song is about being a child, but he seems to also understand things like the concepts of death and the impermanence of all living matter. So I, I, I don't know. I wasn't thinking of Olaf as a child until this movie. So that kind of ruins a layer of the fantasy for me. Yeah, I, they were trying to do this thing with Olaf where they, where they were like, he's a child, but he's like unnaturally wise. They were trying to make him into like a spooky child, like a kind of a Twilight Zone style, like this child is like an old soul. And it's just like, that's okay. See, but when I look at Olaf and I listen to Olaf talk, especially in the context of the first movie, I don't get child. Yeah, I, I know. I, nothing I know. about that signals to me. This is a character who you are supposed to identify as a child. I mean, he they really had to just flag it. Like he, he at one point is just like, yeah, I'm I'm two years old. I was created two years ago. I'm a two year old. Like he has to say. And if you have to like just outright say what your character is, it's not a great character. I should yeah. know what your character. Like Hans, it never at, like at no point in Frozen One does Hans go like. I'm a I'm a goofy bachelor who do, who don't know what's what about romance. Oh boy, I don't know how to talk to ladies. I'm Hans. <laughs> um, can you remember any songs from Frozen Two? Uh, I remember the big, the into the unknown, the the big, the Broadway bait. The um, the first song was pretty lackluster. Which is bad because I think that first song that they had in the first movie, what's it called? The first time in forever. That's a fucking that song fucking slaps. Yeah, that's I, I think even more than Let It Go. I like that song. Um I like I kinda liked Kristoff's weird boy band. I like that song, song too. About falling out of love. I wish that was they kinda like I feel like they kinda like forgot about Kristoff for most of the movie. And I think that would have been, oh my god, how fucking lit. Instead of that stupid, uh, failing to propose trope that we've seen a hundred fucking thousand times. How lit would it have been to have a subplot of Anna and Kristoff are already married. And then it's like they're teasing towards divorce. Yo! <laughs> Through the whole movie. I like this a lot. That they're kind of like, they find out like, we're not really an adventure couple. Like, when you and I drove all the way down uh, to North Carolina, we realized, like, we're not really like a travel couple. We're not definitely not a driving couple. We're not really like a driving couple. It's like, I like that. I kind of like that. Yeah, and then you, it would have worked so well, too, because Christoph at the end does have that big moment where he comes in and saves any shit. Yeah. <laughs> with the reindeers. And then they could have made out, and she would have realized that she's been in love with him the whole time, and blah, blah, blah. I think that would have made such a better subplot. <laughs> it really sounds like you did not like Frozen 2 at all. That's, how, that's the sense I'm getting. For me, I thought it was fine. I like Frozen 1 better. But, like, I guess I liked Frozen 2 as much as I liked uh, Aladdin 2, Return of Jafar. 
for a while, Disney was making these like direct to VHS sequels. Oh, do I remember? I liked all those direct to VHS sequels as a kid because I was like, it seems like they're they're just less dramatic. You know what I mean? It's like not ever, like in the third one, it's just like yeah, Aladdin meets his dad. It's nice, but at no point is like at no point does King Trident get turned into a little worm or. Like, does someone's voice get stolen or does a, does like a, a little lying cub watch his dad die? Like, those VHS sequels are kind of like, yeah, it's a small adventure. The best of the Disney fake sequels, all of which I have seen, by the way. Awesome. The best one is Cinderella 2, Dreams Come True. The worst one is by far Bell's Enchanted Christmas. And the best in terms of music is uh, The Little Mermaid 2. <laughs> That song fucking slaps. The nursery song that Ariel sings to her daughter is a fucking banger. <laughs> I remember Belle's Enchanted Christmas. Does he, like, become... Does the beast become, like, dark again and then Christmas magic has to save him? See, it's stupid because the plot of the movie directly contradicts the events that happen in the actual movie. So the plot of Bell's Enchanted Christmas is that it takes place in the present day when the uh, the, the house servants are talking about, you remember Christmas with the Beast? Oh, yes. Do you, do you remember the year that we saved Christmas? And then they go back in time to when Belle was being held captive in the castle and Belle decides to go against the Beast's wishes and celebrate Christmas and the Beast is a total fucking dick through the whole thing and the whole point of the first fucking movie was that uh, she didn't start coming around to him until he stopped being a fucking asshole. But in this movie, he's like continuously a fucking cunt to her and she's just like, come on, it'll be fun. I remember this because I remember as a kid being like, did they all get, did the rose restart? Did they all get turned back into clock people and cup people? I was very confused by it as a kid. Yeah, it was just a shitty movie. It was a shitty movie. <laughs> Were there any good Christmas songs in it, though? No. Okay, that sucks. All right. Little Mermaid has a baby? It's Little Mermaid. Plot of Little Mermaid 2 is Little Mermaid. It's basically the reverse plot of the first movie. Okay. Which is Ariel has a daughter, and her daughter's name is Melody, and she sings this amazing song to Melody in the first, like, 10 minutes of the movie. And um, so Melody grows up and Cinderella or Ariel lives in this castle. And there is a this was one of the movies where it, it didn't make a ton of sense. <laughs> but she's like, Melody, you can go anywhere in the castle and anywhere in the village, but you can't go in the fucking ocean. And they have created a Trumpian esque wall okay. <laughs> around the ocean. But Melody knows that there is a because they have beaches. So the wall is kind of a little bit out there. Melanie figures out if you swim deep enough under the wall, there's a section of bars and one of them can be pulled. So she's been fucking off to the ocean without her parents' permission. And then one day, Elsa's crazy sea witch sister. Ursula's? Yeah, Ursula. I don't remember her name. It's like Olga or something. Basically makes the reverse deal. Uh, She was like, I will give you your fins if you permanently trade 
give up your life on land because she wants to like attack the kingdom and hold Melanie hostage for control of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Okay, is there a scene where the Little Mermaid, where Ariel like comes in a room? And finds like a bunch of seashells and coral and like smashes it all. And is like, no, the, the last thing I want you to have is like a sandcastle bucket. Oh, I can't believe you've got sunscreen. Ah! There's something like that with because Melanie hates being in like a dress. So she goes out to the ocean for some reason. It was like low tide or something. And she could only get this one specific seashell that she wants. So she goes out to the ocean. She gets it and she has to sprint back. Back to the palace, and Ariel's like, why are you wet? <laughs> she said, well, I just got out of the bathroom. She's like, you smell like ocean water. You've been in the ocean, Melody. I want to see a little more Mermaid 4, where Melody is now older, and is trying to stop her mermaid daughter from going on land. I just like the idea that the story of the Little Mermaid is generational trauma being relived between parent and child. Yeah, it doesn't make any fucking sense because at the end of The Little Mermaid, they seem pretty cool with the ocean. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like, you know, they they bring the worlds together. At the, the message of The Little Mermaid isn't the ocean sucks. It's that both things are fine. They have their wedding on a fucking boat. Yes, they do! <laughs> Triton can be there. Yes! Okay. I'm glad we agree about this. God damn. Yeah. My favorite direct to... Maybe my least favorite of the direct to uh, video sequels is Aladdin 2. If only because they did not get Robin Williams, so they have Dan Castatinea, the voice of Homer Simpson, and it's like, you can tell this isn't Robin Williams. Like, that's not the genie. That's someone doing, like, a very good genie impression. <laughs> but the genie comes back for the third one, where we get to meet, like, Aladdin's hot Greek dad, which was very formative for a lot of young women and young men. Out I there. believe it. A lot of people, because it's like, imagine if Aladdin wasn't, like, such a twink. Imagine if Aladdin had some beef to him. Like, hell yeah. Um... So, but again, sounds like you weren't super into, super duper into Frozen 2. I'm sorry about that. I liked Elsa's subplot more than, okay, so the first movie, like the best thing I could say about this movie is I didn't hate everything Elsa did in the entire movie, which I could not say about the first movie. I just wish, and this isn't Elsa's fault, I wish they would have set up a little more about how she re- didn't enjoy being the queen or living in, because pretty much the only scenes you see of it before the main conflict, the movie happens is Elsa, uh, shooting up fireworks, uh, preparing of helping prepare a feast and then playing charades with her family members. Like there's very little indication that Elsa wants to be like out in the woods with the other ice witches, like a fucking horse. You have to release I totally agree. They don't. So in Frozen 2, like, Elsa Elsa realizes that, like, her place is more with, like, the magic people of the woods than the, like, castle-y people of, of the castle. Play. What was the name Arendelle. of it? Arendelle. Of Arendelle. They do not set that up. Like, there, there should be, like, a sequence really early on where, like, she has to do, like, a bunch of royal paperwork. And she's like, ah, shit. 
being a queen is a lot of fucking work, and I'm not allowed to use my magic powers because they freak people out. I wish there was a place where I could be myself and just kind of be magic and do all my magic shit. And I feel like it would have been so easy, too. You have a character who could be, like, an etiquette advisor, Mm -hmm. and, like, they could be decorating for Christmas or some shit, and Elsa, like, flicks her... That powers and there's ice crystals and the queen comes over and smacks her hand and says, royal tradition states that we will never, a queen is never to use magic unless in the forces of battle or something. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like you could even get it across with, look, I love your magic powers, Queen Elsa. But it's going to make a lot of people jealous if you're out there making snowmen while they're out there barely eating. And like, and like, you know, well, like the snow is scary to the people of Arendelle. Like they, they could freeze to death. Like maybe just holster your magic powers. Like, like it doesn't have to be like an evil advisor. Um, I did like that. There is a sequence where Elsa is learning more about herself. That is very clearly though. This movie's Let It Go. Like, Let It Go was like the big gay anthem. Yeah. Like, it's like her, like, taking off her gloves, in essence, like, uncloseting herself and, like, being like, let it go, show everyone who you are. And remember, kids, when, like in that movie, when you do that, you will kill everyone you've ever loved. Yes, exactly. Remember, <laughs> coming out of the closet has devastating consequences. <laughs> Um, and in this movie, she's like singing some song about the unknown while she's riding through like vaginal shaped ice cave after vaginal shape. There's like four solid minutes of her running through like increasingly tighter vagina shaped caverns that I did like a lot. I thought that I thought that was very cool. Did you not remember? Were you drunk? No, I remember everything. I... Did not catch the vaginal symbolism. When we were watching the movie, I pointed, I, I was like, huh? See all this? Hmm? She's running through a lot of these, huh? She's getting closer to her, huh? Maybe I shouldn't have been, maybe I should have been more oblique. I don't know. I just think you would be hard-pressed to find a cave that didn't kind of look like a vagina. These are, so, hold on. I'm going to take a, I'm going to pause real quick. I'm going to show her this sequence. Give, give us one second. Okay. Okay, you see that? It's a cave. But it's a, it's a, it's a vagina cave. And guys, if you're listening to this on YouTube, enjoy the Philharmonica Five. Look, <laughs> <laughs> so, there you go. It's a cave. Hold on, you'll see a lot more of them. I better. She's saying, "Show yourself." She's looking for this voice that's calling to her. And she and she's like, oh, uh, hey, you're out there. I want to meet you. <clears throat> Voice that no one else can hear. No, vagina number three. Vagina number four. Song fucking slaps too. Five columns. What does that mean? Five fingers. Another <laughs> one. An- another one. Those are penises. Those are penises. Oh, oh yeah. And what did she do to them? She destroyed them and turned them into what? P- 
penis columns. These are penises. Yes, and she's casting them all aside to reveal, and guess what's behind this? Yeah, that's right, another vagina. That's a penis. It's a triangular opening. And it's filled with these little diamonds? What else is shaped like this? <laughs> She's surrounded with pink diamonds. I also don't get why she dies here. Uh, cause she went too deep into memory. I mean, it, I, there's no reason she should. Just die no, there. no. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. Keep going. Because I want. Cause this seems like a pretty positive moment we're experiencing here with the other elements. Yes, I agree. What is that? They're four penises. No, it's a, they're forming a portal that she's diving into. They're making a snowflake. That's, and guess what that explosion of liquid was? Semen. No, it was not semen! <laughs> and now who's in there? The voice of a hot chick. Her mom. Okay, that's Disney putting their thumb on the scale. Then it's like, oh, it's her mom. It's like, yeah, okay. And those gloves were just to stop her magic powers. It's explicitly her mother. Uh, another cool dress. We need another cool dress. <sighs> Again. The first movie, let it go. Uh, show everyone who you are. Here I am, and I'm going to stay. This movie, show yourself. Show everyone who you are. Show yourself, she says as she runs through. Vagina after vagina after vagina. On a galloping on a magic horse made of water. I just think you'd be very hard to press to find a cave that doesn't look like a vagina. Well, then why, write, then why write a cave sequence? I write a cave sequence because it's an ice fortress. It it's a cave! You, why write any cave? It could, this entire thing could have taken place in like a in like a snow ruined tree grove this whole thing could, could have taken place in a dormant volcano which would have had ice versus fire implications there's a million places you could have set this sequence that weren't like georgia o'keefe's wet dream i think i i would make the argument that you would say a volcano is a vagina <laughs> well i mean it's an opening that spurts out a bunch of stuff when it gets too hot exactly yeah exactly and a tree grows from the ground, which is where vaginas go. That's not true. Trees are all dicks. Also, remember, there's a part where there's like a bunch of phallic columns, but she uses her magic to cast them aside to reveal even deeper tunnels. No, she puts the columns up. And the col- the literal room that she's in is surrounded by columns. Right. Which, and what does she do with her magic to those columns? She puts them upright and then explodes a big memory of her mom. Or her dead mom. She pushes them out of the way so she can so she could go into a huge triangle. And then, let's not forget, at one point she's surrounded by pink diamonds. What else looks like a pink diamond surrounded? What else looks like a pink diamond? She was not surrounded by pink diamonds. She was surrounded by multicolored diamonds of all colors. No, no, they were pink for a lot of the time. They were pink. And then who's in there? That's right. 
a young hot girl's her face. Her mother. Which, okay, that's that's Disney cutting the those two lesbians kissing out of Star Wars. Like making the making this girl her mother is very a Disney. Stereos. Do you not me, understand Rosie how monarchies work? Her. her mother has to be the queen. Her mother has to be the queen. Do you not understand? This was a major plot point of the fucking movie. The only reason Elsa has powers was because her mother saved the prince who became the king and then they shout out a daughter and they gave her powers. In no universe would it make any sense that the woman singing is anyone but their mom. Uh, I would argue that it would make a much better movie. Okay, so Frozen 2 starts with Elsa hearing a voice, hearing a beautiful lady's voice singing to her. And she, whenever she hears this voice, she'll notice that her face becomes super elated. She's like, oh shit, there's someone out there who understands me. A hot girl's voice out there who understands me. Like, she should have gone through all this and then found like a hot lady ice wizard and then they could have become roommates. That would have been a much better movie than more mom and dad shit who cares how Elsa got her ice powers? The entire no movie is about watching Frozen. Shit. Yes, I know. I agree. A lot of this movie is about their mom and dad, and I think that's the stuff that works the least. Like, who cares how they got their ice powers? Who cares where their mom and dad died? That's all the like. Show me something new, Frozen. Give me a hot lady ice wizard, and then they become. Confirmed bachelorettes. So rewrite the entire movie so it's a lesbian. It, so it's uh, what's that movie that came out? Songbirds. <laughs> That's what know. you want. That's what you want out of Frozen is you want them to just rewrite the entire movie so it's a lesbian romance and one of them happens to have ice powers. Here, okay, there are two past like storylines in Frozen Two. One we learn about the mom and dad. And the second plot is the grandpa fucked over a bunch of like magical Inuits out of their land. Okay, but These, that, yeah, those two plots are intrinsically linked with one another. Do they need to be? Like, all we really need to know is that Arendelle, which we always thought was good, turns out they're bad. We don't also need to nestle inside of that like the father and the mother meeting. Who cares how the father and the mother may... I, like, who cares how my mom and dad met? The important thing is I'm here, damn it, I'm here. I'm what's happening right now. Me, Serios Kokodos. It's like, the mom and dad shit was weird, though, because I was so hoping that they would have just destroyed Arendelle at the end of the movie, and then the final scene could be them rebuilding it, because yes. they, they, did, they did make this uh, kingdom on the backs and bloods of the native people that they fucked over. <laughs> yeah, and like like I think a better ending would have been that they rebuilt sort of like Unity City together. Yes, that would have been great. And then you could incorporate that so Elsa is the queen of like the wood or right. something and Anna is the queen of the proper civilization. Yes, uh, yeah, I totally agree. Like, um, you know, I think having Arendelle at the end saved was kind of a way to be like don't worry, kids, your toys are safe. Like that Arendelle Castle playset that you bought last time, it's still canon, kids. You could have rebuilt the exact same castle. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'm just putting this out there. I'm just saying, I like, I think that going into the woods to find out that your mom and dad met, it's like, oh, okay. 
And that's how they met. It just, it's not as exciting to me as a sexy lady ice wizard being the one who's singing to her at night. Oh, by the way, a voice that only Elsa can hear, huh? Oh, no one else can hear this voice because early on in the beginning of the movie, there's that royal advisor and the royal advisor's like, hey, uh, what's wrong with you, Elsa? You seem real distracted. And Elsa's like, don't you hear that voice? And the royal advisor's like, no, I don't hear that voice. I'm totally straight. It seems like a voice only gays can hear. Uh, serious, I agree with you that we should give Elsa a girlfriend or the, make a buy or something. But I, I just don't see how you could fit it into this movie without really, really rewriting this movie. Just remove the how. Just remove the parents from it. Just rip the parents out of it. They don't <laughs> add anything. How many times do I have to see these stupid parents die? How many times do I have to see Elsa and Anna's parents die? I get it. It's sad. They were on a boat. They died. Just take that out. You can keep the rest of it. There's woods. There's fucked up woods. And they have to go into the woods. Broadway. Like, they have to go into the unknown. They get in there. They find that they find this frozen army. They've been fighting for seven generations. And they find that Aaron Dell, which they always thought was good, was bad. Um, so they have to team up with a sexy lady ice wizard to, like, overcome the odds and fucking fix everything. Okay, well, let me ask you a question now. Why the fuck is the ice wizard in the cave? Um, she's, she's trapped there. She's trapped there by what? Dark ice magic. Dark ice magic. That was put into place by the grandpa. The grandpa trapped her there. Grandpa didn't have ice powers. Granted, the grandpa didn't have ice powers, but the grandpa had like a royal advisor and they concocted a potion. And here's the thing. When they free the sexy lady ice wizard, then the forest starts to get out of control. Why is the forest all fucked up? Because the grandpa imprisoned the sexy lady ice wizard. So is this happening much earlier in the movie now? Because this is like 10 minutes before it ends. No, this has all happened in the past. Oh, no, no, no. But I mean... When you break down the barrier. Yeah. What ha- what are the consequences of breaking down the barrier? Of breaking down the dam? The barrier. The barrier, the dark barrier that is keeping the ice witch in this cave. The consequences of breaking down that barrier is that magic is now out of control. And they need to come together, the Arendellians and the Inuit, to restore balance. Are we not already doing that with Anna's whole thing to destroy the dam? I think that's dumb. Anna shouldn't have, like, Anna should be part of a comedic subplot. Anna shouldn't really have that much adventure shit to do. I kind of like the idea, if it were me, the B-plot would just be Anna and, what's his name, Kristoff? Kristoff. Anna and Kristoff are just having, like, a, or just, like, kind of have, just having, like, fun, like, meeting people and this and that. Like, I think they are the comedic B-plot. And I think the action should all be with Elsa. Because Anna's a funny character. Like, let's let her do some funny shit. Okay. Yeah, I can see. Maybe we can make this into a sequel. Okay. Can we, before we go to break, and before we go to voicemails, can we agree that my Frozen movie would be better? Because you didn't like Frozen 2. No. I could write a better Frozen 2 by just tweaking some minor elements of this plot. All I'm doing is removing one subplot. You're removing 70% of the movie. I absolutely am not. You are. That's it. My Frozen 2 was going to kick your Frozen 2's ass. I will, next week, treatment off. 
We will both write treatments to Frozen 2 and we will have people vote and we will see whose treatment of Frozen 2 is better. You, you're not writing a treatment though. You're writing a completely new movie. Well, but a treatment for, do you know what a treatment is? No. Okay. A treatment is like an outline. Like, let's both write outlines for what our perfect Frozen 2s would be. And then we'll let people vote on it. Deal. Okay. The Frozen 2 treatment off. Froze off. <laughs> we'll be right back after this. Voicemail time. Voicemail time. It's voicemail time. If you want to leave a voicemail for the show, you call 848-863-5343. Or you email the loudest podcast at gmail.com if you want to write us a letter. Sometimes we read letters. There is a couple letters I want to get through, but not today. All right. Let's play this first one. Hi, Sriracha. I've got a question for you. Have you heard of this, like, group called the Femcells? Female incels. Obviously, it's female incels. But it's the most fascinating shit in the world to me. Oh, God. I've been looking at the incel shit for a long time now. The incel and the Femcell forums? Oh, God, yeah. I found a subreddit of female incels. It's forward slash true Femcells. Oh, it's good. They both hate each other so much. And they have this character called Femcell Phoebe. And it's, it's just, it's crazy. You gotta check it out. Oh, and thanks for reading my shitty email on the last episode. I'm pretty sure I was drunk out of my mind when I wrote that, so thanks. Bye. You sounded drunk out of your mind. You sound drunk now while you're driving. Oh, wait. <laughs> Who's Femcell Phoebe? Uh, Femcells. I don't know who Femcell Phoebe is, but a Femcell is a female incel. And they have a subreddit called True Femcells. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of bad. Yeah. And should probably be banned. But, like, they're not as angry as incels. It's just really, really sad. I would assume so. I would assume that, like, a female incel form is for people who, like, hate themselves, have no self-confidence. Yeah, it's just post after post of, like, I hate every single part of my body. No one will ever love me. Uh, I can't believe I'm never going to get to be a mom because I was born with a shitty fucked up nose. Like, (laughs) shit like that. It's, they, they, it's... Is I, incel is much more, like if I had to choose for the rest of my life to just read incel forums or just read femcel forums, I would pick the incels because incels there's there's a little bit of humor in yes. there because they're so fucking mad. They're so <laughs> strident. They're just like, oh, all women must pay. Like they all sound like an evil Lego wizard. They're all just like, once I become rich, all the Beckys will be mine. Yeah, and true fem. Themselves just. I meant Stacy. Sorry. Oh yes, the Stacys, not the Beckys. You don't I, want the Beckys. I apologize. I apologize. Uh, true femcells, spoken like a true Stacy, just makes me so sad. Yeah. No. <laughs> just the moment I knew, like I can, I can see what that form is in my mind, and it, it to me, it just. It sounds like you could probably just na- rename it like R slash female depression or R slash XX depression. Or R slash body morphic disorder. Right. There's a lot of them. I cannot imagine half of these people's face issues are as bad as they claim they are. Well, no one, like, no one, everyone thinks they're way worse looking than they are. I mean, except for boys. We think we're way better looking than we are. But women, like, what is it? 
we've all read that headline that linked to a story that linked to a study that nobody read where it was like dudes rate themselves a couple of points over what their actual number is and women rate themselves a couple of points under. I've never met a woman who's said that she's more than a six. Like, it's so weird. Women just, they snap to the number six like magnets. It's I guess because they're afraid if they say a higher number, they'll be considered like stuck up snobs or something. Yeah, but if you say a number that's too low, then you're then you're being mean. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm saying self numbers. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, yeah, it's weird. Uh, but you can't call yourself. Sad. Yeah, you know, you can't call yourself a one though. No. We all know what a one looks like. Yes, exactly. But you can't call yourself a, a, a like an eight or a nine or a ten. I feel like it's like I don't know. I just feel bad. All right, let's uh, let's play. Oh, this one's called Drive Through Lane Apologist. <laughs> Why are you guys complaining about the Chick Fil A drive through system? Because it, it sucks. Is the fastest, most efficient drive through system. Fucking where do I've you ever live? Seen in my life. I've never thought anything about it. About the people out walking around the parking lot with the iPads, other than wow, this runs like clockwork. This is amazing. I don't have to sit here for twenty minutes like it mcdonald's or whatever from coming through during rush hour like i legitimately have no idea what your problem is with this system it's great i don't know what your problem is that you you seem to be visiting you're either lying to me or you're visiting the only functioning multi-lane place in the entire world there is an inherent bottleneck in these things and it's the kitchen all of the lines go together it might seem like you get your order taken faster but the kitchen cannot there is not more than one kitchen for every lane the food is not going to go out any faster right exactly your order is coming in faster the food is not going out faster yeah is your chick-fil-a like run by the flash or something every single chick-fil-a i've been to has been slow as shit if your solution to the problem is sending teenagers with ipads to stand in traffic you have not designed a good enough restaurant chick-fil-a isn't new we know people like chick-fil-a if they can close them all on sundays they can find a way to like build additional terminals additional kitchens like Having t- having Timmy Turner out there with a, with with two iPads is not that's that's not a, a a sign of a functional business. I don't go to the bank and then there's like six different lines with fourteen different iPads. I don't go to the hardware store and there's twenty. It's like now, nah, are you in the green line or the red line or the blue line? The only people doing this are the people at Chick Fil A. Why? What bank have you ever been to that doesn't have more than one drive-through line? That's what I'm saying. Banks do have more than one drive-through lane, and they have tellers to staff each one. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. They don't just have, like, but the thing is, when you go to a bank that has three drive-through lanes, they have three ATMs. Chick-fil-A has three drive-through lanes and one kitchen. I gotcha. Yeah, that's what we need. It's like every lane gets its own kitchen right. and its own. It could They could even send the food through those tubes yes. that they have at banks. Through those pneumatic tubes. What they should do is they should just... Be- they should build two Chick-fil-A's, one that's entirely a kitchen that is only for the drive through that is a gigantic kitchen, and then another one that has like a secondary kitchen that also helps uh, feed the indoor diners, because Chick-fil-A's business is so big that like 
they should be treating these these like customer bases as completely separate entities. Because if you're going in to eat, you don't need your food immediately. You're there to kind of chill for a yeah. little bit. Check your phone. Charge your phone. Have some ice cream. Let your kid go to the play place. Pray gaze into hell. Like you're there for like you're there for a minute. I agree with you. I completely agree with you. I don't know what this dude is talking about. You you must live in an area where you you, you live in a bubble of magic, and uh, in that magic is the magic of like the fairy dust that makes the drive through work. Because I never in my life I have been to a lot of fast food places across the world in my brain, and it has never worked. Yeah, it's weird. All right, we got one last one. This is called Literally the Smartest Man Alive. You ready to hear from literally more intelligent than Einstein? Let's do it. 200 plus IQ. Wow. I swear Big Rona has expanded my Big brain. Rona? I'm smarter than most scientists now. <laughs> Who the fuck named Silverfish? They're either silver or fish. What is this fucking Gallagher over I should here? Be in charge of naming things. What's the deal like with silverfish? Oh, they're not silverfish. fish. Because it is both grody and a disgusting little baby. They should just be called grody uh, bugs. I do agree so with smart. it. They're called grody babies. They should be called grody babies. Not silverfish is cool. Hold on, I'm going to pause this real quick. For example, uh, what's his name? I forget. Uh, I think. Frank Oz or uh, w- there was some director in the 70s who directed everything from a giant remote like RV camper called the Silverfish. And it was just like him talking on microphones to people with like the voice of God. He found like that he directed actors better like remotely. And that's when I think of the when I think of like Silverfish, I think of something like that. Like, wow, a sleek, cool, powerful fish like like. Like uh, flipping its way through the sea, hunting and feeding. Not like gross bugs that fuck up your clothes and comic books. Are silverfish not fish? Silverfish are like these gross moth things. Here, let me look them up real quick. Who the fuck did name them? A smartest guy in the world is smart. I agree. A silverfish is a small, primitive, wingless insect. Um, it's uh. I've seen those. I know yeah, what you're talking about. They, they come out of the sink. They're gross. I hate them. Yeah. All right. Let's keep listening to The Smartest Man Alive. You know, I originally started making fun of him, but now I'm finding myself agreeing with yeah, him Yeah, no, I agree with him. I also like how he said Big Rona, because <laughs> it just makes me think of like a big lady trucker, like Large Marge from uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Just coughing on everybody. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, you want to terrify people, you tell them Big Rona's going to get you. You stay inside because Big Rona's coming. Oh, my big God. Big Rona's marching her way through hospitals. That's how we get people in Alabama to keep themselves inside. Because you see the governor put out some kind of order. He's like, we're not doing stay in place because we're not California. You need to run a marketing campaign. It's like... When Big Rona comes to town, we shut down all the bars. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, get out of Big Rona's way, because Big Rona's going to fuck up your grandma. All right, let's keep listening to this guy. When do I get my, my, my magic powers? When do you get your magic? Make silverfish show up and, like, steal people's shit for me. Okay, maybe he's not that smart. No, he's the smartest man alive. That's all I have to say. I'm really tired. It's been three days since I slept. It's been three days since you slept. Okay. Go to sleep, smartest man alive. That's how you recharge your brain wrinkles. Yeah, exactly. Come on. Hey, you know what we didn't talk about? What? What are we going to do with our $1,200? 
What are we going to do with our tendy bucks? I don't know. I was planning on spending mine in Colorado, but maybe that won't happen. But then again, maybe it will. If you're a medical professional, please call in and give me pros and cons of going. I'm supposed to be going to Colorado in about three weeks uh-huh. with my friends. Yeah. We were going to go. We were going to go hike and smoke weed. That's all we want to do. We'll social distance while we're there. But what if you're all you- sleeping in the same room, right? You're all sleeping in the same Airbnb. No, we got it. Yeah, we got an Airbnb. Right. If you're all sleeping like in the same room. I mean, there's two bedrooms, but yeah, pretty much. Oh, yeah, just that's nice. Kind of close quarters. Close quarters. Okay. Well, mostly social distance. Yeah. Exactly. And, oh, you're gonna be passing joints around. Yeah. Like you know, with okay, everyone gets them. their own joint. How about that? It would. It would make me, like, uh, there's a lot of people in the ICUs right now who are who are younger people. It's not the majority. Obviously, the majority of people in the ICUs are, 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 you know, the elderly and those who already are sick. But there are young, like, a, like I think a 20, like a 21-year-old kid in California died today. Like, it would make me feel a little bit better. You could, you could push it. If you push this to July, I will... Pay for all the weed. Mm, that's a good, that's a tempting offer. And I know how much weed you guys are going to smoke. I will cover all the weed. I will cover all, I will, I will spend up to $200 on edibles because a lot of these dispensaries are closed. Like, I know some of them are open. Some of them are also closed. I mean, it's not totally my decision. There are two other people involved in this equation. Well, but it's your decision on to what you... I mean, you're not going to be peer pressured into into doing something unsafe, are you? No, but it's like these people are taking times off work. It's not like me where I could just drop whatever they're doing. Well, I'm just saying, It's I just... We're being, you know, it's it's... It's a risk, like, and, you know, you can have just as much fun smoking weed in July, and think of all the gum, $200, think of all the gummy, nummy, wormy, burmies that, like, you'll be able to buy, like, weed-infused Kool-Aid, you'll be able to buy, like, weed-infused uh, Rice Krispies treats, you can get, like, weed pop rocks you can sprinkle on your joints, like... It's a, just consider my off. No, can definitely consider it. If you're a medical profession, call in with your opinion. Yeah. You know, it's a look, look, I care about you. And I think our listeners do too. We all want you to have fun and get high with your friends. Like, do you need to do it at the height of the COVID crisis? Maybe, maybe Mm, not. Maybe. It's, you know, yeah, look, it's just something to think about. Um, I wanted to spend my $1,200 on one of those goddamn Animal Crossing Nintendo Switches, and you can't fucking buy them everywhere, and they're all on eBay for $700, and it's fucking bullshit. I didn't know that you... I didn't... I assumed they were going to make enough of those things. I didn't know that was going to be like some sort of rare chase item. Oh, yeah, they're going to be gone. Well, as soon they're as everybody now. gets. Uh, no, but even the $600 versions Are on Amazon, the second those tendy bucks hit your account, they're going to be sold out for miles i know the th- the if you got your tax refund through direct deposit or i guess paid your taxes through direct deposit in 2018 or 2019 the money is just going to show up in your bank account they um, said they said in three mm-hmm. weeks it's like god damn i'm checking my i'm checking my checking account every fucking day i gotta get my tendy bucks oh that's gonna be awesome i'll just wake up one morning and there's gonna be like a 
money from i hope it says from trump or something. trump is pushing to have because like for people who, where we don't have um uh, their direct deposit info, they are getting paper checks. The paper checks will apparently take three to four months. I did see an article today that Trump is pushing to have his signature on those checks. Awesome. Yeah. I think that's pretty fucking funny, too. Awesome. The last time there was one of these, like, um, the last time there was one of these, like, little national rebate things was during the Great Recession when George W. Bush was president and the Bush administration sent a letter to everyone like a couple of weeks before they got their like $380 checks that was like, hey, I'm George W. Bush. I'm sending you money. And we calculated they spent like millions and millions of dollars printing and sending all these letters. Like they could have just given us more money. Damn it. But instead they like wanted the credit. And so hopefully they don't fuck it up like that this time. Oh, fingers crossed. God damn it. Oh, I'm on my twelve hundred dollars. Oh, so my twelve hundred dollars. My twelve hundred dollars. So fucking bad. Hey, tell us where you're gonna spend your twelve hundred dollars. There's a lot of calls to action. Yeah, call in and tell us what you're spending your Trump daddy bucks. Yeah, I need. Don't my call in if it's not something funny. Like I want you to call in and say I'm spending it on rent. We know. Yeah, we know. We know. We, yes. we know. Yes. Okay, we know. Yeah, we know. We know. Bye. All right, we love you. 